0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.
1: But where do babies come from? Well, that's a way to start the show, don't you think? I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Episode 22 of Go-To Grandma. I know where this baby comes from, the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto's Liberty Village. But what if your grandkids ask you this question? Do we give them the straight goods, talk about storks and cabbage patches, or ignore the question and frantically text our kids to ask them what to do? Dr. Jess O'Reilly is a sexologist and relationship expert, and she's going to give us some advice on this literally touchy-feely subject. Another subject that is a bit touchy right now is travel. Presently, it's very tricky to do so, but many of us still want to. Zoomer Magazine Executive Travel Editor Vivian Vazos is going to talk about why we want and need to travel and how to do it with purpose for when we can do it again. Many people make resolutions for themselves, but what about realistic resolutions you can make for your family? Mom of six, Julie Cole, gives us some real targets for 2022. And finally, we take a look back at our previous Take Five with RBC Topics and discuss some key financial learnings we've worked through and where we're going next. Get that coffee and enjoy the fact that it's probably better than the airplane coffee you could have been having right now. All aboard for a fun and fact filled episode of Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Thanks for tuning in. Jessica O'Reilly is host of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. She is an international speaker and the host of Intimately You on City TV Fridays at Midnight. And Dr. Jess joins me now.
2: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, Jess, I'm a grandma. My grandsons are pretty young. The oldest is only two. But I'm sort of dreading that day when I think I might hear, Grandma... Where do babies come from? <laughs> what do I do if
2: that happens? <laughs> well, I think it's great that you're thinking about it ahead of time because these are topics that, you know, most of us recall maybe our parents didn't talk to us about, certainly our grandparents didn't talk to us about, and we didn't feel comfortable asking. Now, what's so important and why I think it's so important that you're already reflecting upon it is that the landscape has so has changed so much since you were a kid and since I was a kid, and what we know now is that If they ask us a question and don't get an answer, they're going to go to Google. They're going to go to YouTube. They're going to go. And so being prepared to at least process what you're feeling when they ask that question is so important. And I often recommend that you start by saying, you know, acknowledging and validating the question. Like, you know, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, And then I suggest you say something like, well, what have you heard? Right? Because they might have a little bit of information. And then you're going to provide an age-appropriate answer, which is so different for a 2-year-old versus, you know, an 8-year-old. Once we get to, you Mm -hmm. know, 12 or so, they're probably not going to ask their parents or grandparents. But what we have to remember is that the way you respond to them the first time they ask you a sex or relationship or reproduction related question is going to set the tone for whether or not they come back to you or turn to digital resources in the future. So if you can just validate, ask them what they know and provide a bit of information and a really important piece is acknowledge that it's not always easy for you to talk about it, right? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a superstar sex educator. You just have to be, you know, emotionally literate enough to tell them. What you're feeling
1: yeah I think those are great points you're absolutely right sort of the last thing we want them to do is to, to hit google and enter terms that we don't really want them entering what if though I'm standing in my kitchen and I have a 10 year old grandchild who asks the question can I say hang on and call the parents or you know my kid to say what have you told them already like when should that conversation take place you know in terms of do I avoid it and say ask your mom and dad or do I call mom and dad and say okay what do I do here
2: great question. If mom and dad or if the parents are leaving their kid with you, it's because they trust you and they trust you to answer all sorts of difficult questions, not just around sex. It'll be around oppression and race and racism and all of these things. So I don't think you necessarily have to ask permission of the parents, but what you said is a perfect start. Well, have your parents told you anything yet? And if they say no, then you can say, well, here's what I know. And then you might say, okay, let me check in with your parents, but mm-hmm. you don't want to kind of tell your grandkids that you need your parents, their parents' permission or your kid's permission, to talk openly with them. Because again, this information is absolutely accessible. The more we hoard it, the more problematic relationships and sexuality becomes. And we have a wealth of evidence showing that the more we share around comprehensive sex ed, the healthier young people will be. They are more likely to delay the onset of sexual activity if we provide them with accurate information. When we make it something secretive, when we focus on abstinence is where we run into problems.
1: And then I suppose, you know, if they have asked the question, we're being trusted with giving the information out, which I think is great advice. Um, so I tell you know, the 10 or 12 year old what I know and what I think they want to hear. Is it important to close that loop with the parents? Or I think it is, but I'm thinking maybe the grandchild told you something in confidence. And do you keep that confidence? So, you know, don't tell mom I asked you. You know, what would you say about that?
2: Well, my perspective is that you try and keep the confidence unless there's, you know, something to be concerned about. Of course, you know, if there's, you know, concern around abuse or something like that, then you would speak up. But here's the thing. As a parent, we know we're not entitled to know everything about our child. We're not entitled to their every thought, their every concern, their every question. And so if you as a grandparent, if you've cultivated that relationship, um, that's something that they're very fortunate to have. And you probably don't want to break confidence unless there's a really good reason to.
1: I think that's great. And I guess as as you said right from the get go, like give them the truth, give them the real information, not secrets. So I guess saying things like the stork and the cabbage patch, that's out <laughs>
2: Yes, absolutely. Darn. <laughs> they can understand, you know, from a very a two-year-old can understand, actually, the baby grows in the belly, but it's actually inside something called the uterus. Uh, and then it comes out of this person's body. Uh, and as they get older, they can understand that it is, you know, it passes through the vaginal canal in order to come out. Uh, they can understand that a sperm goes inside, that goes toward the egg, actually, the egg picks the sperm is more accurate. <laughs> we know yep, now. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they can understand that a penis goes inside a vagina and that's of course only one way to make a baby that you know people are also doing it in other ways and we have new technologies and I think that
1: I think it's important as you're talking to to use the proper terminology for our cell to right from the start
2: uh, definitely in terms of agency over the body, in terms of protecting mm-hmm. yourself and advocating for yourself and, and speaking up when something doesn't feel right. Also, it literally saves lives. You know, the capacity to become comfortable with every part of our body and not hide or shroud the genitals in shame means that when there is an issue, uh, you know, maybe they find a lump in the testicle or maybe mm-hmm. they have some sort of pain in the vulva area, they're more likely to seek medical care. So absolutely, it may sound clinical, it may sound dry, but there's no reason for these parts to be cutesy.
1: I think that's great advice. I love talking with you about this. And if people want to get more information, they can go to your website at sex with Dr. Jess or happier couples Inc. and can of course watch you on city TV. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Jess.
2: Thank you so much for starting this conversation.
1: Vivian Vazos is the executive editor of Zoomer Magazine and EverythingZoomer.com. She's joining me now to talk about their January edition of Zoomer Magazine, which includes 22 reasons to travel in 2022. Good morning, Vivian.
3: Good morning, Kathy. How are
1: you? I'm great. It's so nice to have you on to talk about this. And we're going to get into a little bit about, you know, purposeful travel and things like that. So can you tell me about some of the thinking behind this article and the 22 reasons to travel?
3: Well, I think now we have to think of travel in a different way. Obviously, there's a lot of things we have to do before we go and when we go. But thinking about how we want to travel now, how it makes a difference, why we want to travel. So obviously, the first reason I think for most of us now would be friends and family. Mm -hmm. Those are our biggest reasons to go now. Absolutely. So when you're thinking about it, though, you know, as a grandparent, for example, do you want to share something in your culture, in your heritage, something that you love? Like take your grandson or your granddaughter golfing with you for a trip. So it's purposeful, and 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 but it's personal. Personal, And I think that's really important as well, sharing that sort of love, passion, passing something on to the next generation or the skip gen, as as we call it, and, you know, (laughs) taking them on a golf holiday or taking them somewhere where they can learn to cook with you. If, you know, you think of grandpa and and grandson or granddaughter making cookies at Christmas or, you know, feast or any, any sort of special occasion, birthday cake. So it's those skills that you also bring back and, and sharing that passion, it brings you closer together. And I think that really is the number one reason to travel. You, there are lots of other reasons, obviously. If you're an animal lover, for example, think about it as enlisting a, an advisor or a travel agent that can help you, you know, suss out sort of family ideas of where you can go that can support animals, wildlife. Nature conservancies is another really great example. Right mm-hmm. outside our back door, there's so many places you can go to hike and at the same time, your little contribution goes so much farther because it keeps these nature areas you know, fresh and new and sustained. I
1: agree. And, and you're right in the sense that we sort of have to redefine our definition of what travel it is. It doesn't have to be jumping on an airplane and traveling thousands of miles. It can be literally outside our front door and looking for those, as you mentioned, experiential things that really take us to a new place with our kids and our grandkids.
3: Yeah. And things that bring us joy, you know, think about Harry Potter and trains. There are so many great train journeys that we can do right here in Canada. Also boating and Mm -hmm. getting on getting onto the water and just experiencing that and and frozen water as well. I mean, skating, doing those things that are active and, and but you're still contributing to the local economy. So you're not just contributing to yourself and your health and your wellness but you're also contributing to the local economy where it keeps you safe. If people are out there, you're spending a little bit of money, everyone is a little happier because they can do these things, of course, within the protocols and safety. Absolutely. We really have to make, you know, an extra effort to keep that in mind.
1: Absolutely. And when my kids were young, I used to try to look at their school curriculum and take them somewhere where they could learn about what they were learning in school, make history come to life, so to speak, and go to the parliament buildings, et cetera. And again, you're right, we can do so much of that in Canada, take a train, take a tour. So we have to really think about what do we want to get out of this, not how far do we want to go.
3: Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, distance, distance is one thing. And, I mean, I think there are still people that want to travel farther mm-hmm. because maybe there is family or friends there or there's something really special that's going on, that once-in-a-lifetime thing that you want to share. And that's still important, but that takes planning, especially now in these times, it really takes planning and it takes expert advice. And I I highly, highly recommend that. So when you're thinking about traveling, you have to think about a few things. Where do you want your money to go? Is it sustainable and environmental? Is it toward local communities, women's, um, women's sort of uh, charities mm-hmm. or women first businesses that could be anywhere from Asia to South America to Mexico? Is that where you want your money to go? Is it to animal welfare and wildlife? Or is it just to your family and having a, a beautiful time in a cottage or, or um, on the lake somewhere and you're, you actually spend time going on a local cleanup and cleaning up the area maybe in the springtime after the snow melts and you know there's a lot of stuff that's left over so these are things you we I think we think about now that this meaning what does travel mean to us now Mm -hmm. and I think it's important that we think about it from that perspective.
1: I think those are are great points and even you know I want to say that you know if you're if your type of travel is going to a resort somewhere hot many of those places that you go to also have programs to support local families and charities and bring goods and supplies to them so don't overlook that you know if you are looking for that sort of resort holiday as well.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, so many of us have that one little forlorn suitcase, that carry-on <laughs> suitcase in the back of the closet that we can easily fill with supplies that we sometimes take for granted here, toothpaste, toothbrushes, notebooks, pens soap, all these things. And, and they're so appreciated. I mean, any anything that you can leave behind that's useful really does make sense. And again, it supports the local economy. It makes the economy stronger there. So it makes it safer for all of us to travel. And that's the thing we have to remember. If you support local, your local community is going to be safer because it is staying vibrant. And that's so important.
1: I love this conversation, Viv, and I could talk about this for ages. But in the meantime, I'm going to ask our listeners to pick up the recent copy of Zoomer Magazine with these reasons in it, and of course, to visit everythingzoomer.com for more great advice on travel and just life. Thanks for joining me, Viv.
3: Absolutely. Happy, happy, healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak with you soon. Safe travel.
1: Julie Cole is a recovered lawyer, mom of six, and co-founder of Mabel's Labels. She has helped her company bring their product to a worldwide market, gain media recognition, and win countless entrepreneur awards. Julie is a regular television contributor, a sought-after speaker, and a parenting blogger. Good morning, Julie Cole. Thanks for joining me again. Julie, you have six kids. Do you set resolutions for your family, and what are some realistic ones that we can all set?
4: Yeah, look, I try to not think of it so much as resolutions, but as maybe goals. Mm -hmm. I think this year, Kathy, as we're going into this, you know, this like we're again in tricky times. And I think we we can't be too hard on ourselves during these COVID times. We have to be realistic with ourselves and with our families. But I do think it's nice to have a few little goals for your family and, and just even sit down together and try and create them. I think a couple of things that work quite easily and obviously, you know, this 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 can pull grandparents in, Mm extended family in, and that sort of thing. But, um, and I know you're going to be a big fan of this one. But I think exercising together is a really great goal. I know for me, I did. I have so many memories of walking with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. We walked. Constantly, we're at the cottage. We had this walk we would do. It was a mile away to another lake. And it was on these walks where we were getting exercise and we were also talking. And they shared so many stories and they really listened to me during these walks. So I have lots of great memories of walking with my grandparents. And I got to tell you, like, they didn't, they died when they were like 99 and 101 and were great walkers to the very end. So I, think that's I know you're a big fan, right? I am a big fan. And not just as you say, the family walk, but just setting sort of the
1: tone of exercising. I know our guys work out sometimes, I think after they see us doing it or my husband and son will run together, you know, we'll share the gym space together, all of those things. And we get our grandson to watch us exercise. He's very confused by us, by the way,
4: but it's still fun. (laughs) I think you guys probably get enough exercise just chasing that little guy around. (laughs) True, true. Yeah, I think that's I know you've spoken to this before about how it is important for grandparents because you want to be able to keep up with those grandkids, right? Absolutely. And so being involved in the family goal planning I love that yeah Definitely. I think another great goal for families is to kind of sit down and revisit what your rules are around your devices Mm -hmm. and, and around your tech. And I know, you know, often grandparents are in the position of having to be respectful of, of parents rules and trying to support their rules. And, you know, that's, I know, um, in your family, you guys are very supportive of, of, you know, your grandson's parents and, and the things that they are trying to accomplish with their family. And I think that's that's super important. So I think sitting down as a, as a larger family unit and also making sure that parents are sticking to those rules as well. And what are they? You can say, you know, no devices at mealtimes mm-hmm. or, you know, d- no devices in bedrooms or only a certain amount of time or once the homework's done, whatever they are, make them reasonable, make them realistic, get buy-in around the table from everyone because then you're going to have a better chance of succeeding at this goal. It's so true. And, and as you know, my daughter
1: doesn't let her kids my grandsons watch TV until they're two. And so we have those same rules at our house because we want to respect them.
4: And it's really not a hardship and she's going to be on the show next. We could talk about it, but oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you're right. The shared goal. Like I really love what she's doing. And I think spreading the word about that will be really, really important because a lot of, I think a lot of families will want to hear about that. The other one, again, I know this is something that your family has like your extended family has a lot of buy-in is a goal around getting outside and being adventurous. Mm -hmm. You know what I know when, we first came back to Canada from Australia. Daddy was Australian and he was, he just, because he had never had seasons like this before, he was very good about embracing. So he's like, well, it's snowing. we might as well get the kids learning to ski. We might as well get them playing ice hockey doing things that he never had the opportunity, opportunity to do growing up. So I think, you know, sit down with your family and be like what are we going to do to get outside more and take on some adventures and i think you know especially during these times these COVID times we know that being outside is actually really good for our mental health mm-hmm. um it's good for everyone young and old alike so you know what does your family want to do to get outside more i bought oh and my 2-year-old grandson a set of skis for christmas this Yay! year
1: yeah yeah so oh. that's very fun and i agree with you getting outdoors and and exhaust them which is good also <laughs>
4: Oh, 100%. I mean, isn't half the thing with parenting and grandparenting about just tiring them out? Exactly. Like, isn't that like our number one goal every day? So Julie, we have about 30 seconds left here. You need to share one of your grandma's great
1: nuggets with me. She had great sayings and I want to end with on that note.
4: Oh, she sure did. Well, you know what? I might just quickly give two. Okay. So last time I was on your show, I was talking about how grandparents can be supported of their kids, their grandchildren who are LGBTQ mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention the very thing my grandma did, which I thought represented a great support. And this was when a cousin came out when my grandma was 85, a cousin wrote her a letter and said he was gay. And she wrote because he was living overseas. And she wrote back and she said, Oh, my dear, a life in hiding is a life unlived. I only wish you could you felt you could have told me sooner. So that was amazing. He cried and cried and cried and was so thankful for that. Um, awesome. And then the other one that Graham would say to us, I mean, Graham was always very supportive of us, like running the business, Mabel's Labels, and very proud of her girls. And she always really built us up, but always kept us humble. And her saying to us would be, Julie, you're as good as the rest of them and better than none. <laughs> I love it. And okay. I've always carried that with me. <laughs> and you're better
1: at most people at joining me on the show. Thank you so much for coming on again, Julie. We can find you at Julie Cole online and Mabel's Labels.ca. Thanks again. Thank you. Kathy Burroughs works as a pioneer in customer management strategy and execution in financial services. As senior manager marketing for RBC Bank US, she supports a cross-border team of specialists in acquiring, engaging, and retaining clients. She has been a lecturer in MBA executive education programs and international conference speaker in her more than 30 years with RBC. But really, she likes to say her job is to make banking better for clients. And that includes sharing her top five picks from Take Five with RBC on goto Grandma. Good morning, Kathy. So exactly which five did you pick as the top five when there have been 16 terrific ones to choose from?
0: Well, Kathy, I'll admit it was a little tough, but I will tell you my selection criteria and my picks. For selection criteria, I really thought about what was kind of some terrific advice or tips to help make better financial decisions, and then maybe even some ideas to help enhance quality of life for folks. So here are my picks. Number one, Retirement Myths and Realities with Rick Lowe's. Then Home Plus Advantage with Alain Forger. And then Second Act with Natalina Bombino-Campanola. And then the Mydo app that you talked about with Gaurav Kapoor. And last but not least, number five was Sweet Event with Kat Soderstrom. Just a recent one. So tell me a little bit more
1: about the picks so we can remind our listeners. Sure.
0: So some of the best segments for advice from RBC experts were on your Arts Party show, which included Rick Lowes, who's the VP of Retirement Strategy at RBC, who had some revealing insights from the latest RBC Retirement Myths and Realities poll, and really how Canadians' perspectives on retirement have shifted over the last 18 months. No surprise, but important insights. And then there was the 3Rs show remembering, resisting aging through fitness, real estate in the U.S., and that's where my colleague Alain Forget offered key information for Canadians about what they need to know about buying property in the U.S. And, you know, as avid buyers of U.S. real estate, um, Canadians are still buying in the, in the Sunbelt states, and so Alain explained the differences between... U.S. and Canadian mortgages and shared how RBC Bank can qualify Canadians for a U.S. mortgage without a U.S. credit history, making it easier for them to buy their dream homes. Then there were some segments featuring quality of life advice from RBC clients, including from the show Sleep Strategies, Grandparents and Disabled Grandkids, and Passionate Retirements, which featured Natalina sharing her second act, which is running a cooking school in her retirement years, which she then reinvented to become an online cooking program during COVID. And Natalie Natalina chatted about the importance of a good financial plan to achieve one's retirement goals and the need to keep it flexible and adaptable in case of the unexpected. Not that we haven't seen any of that in the last 20 <laughs> months. And then for quality of life and financial management education, there was wine. Women and Song and Smart Show, which featured Gaurav Kapoor, who's the CEO and co-founder of Mido, which is a family banking app powered by RBC. And he talked about the importance of building money management skills and the gap in learning opportunities available for youth. But Mido offers kids financial independence, as well as a platform for parents to teach them the value of money in a simple, safe and secure way. And I would bet, Kathy, that the promo code Kathy10 will still get a new user a $10 credit. (laughs) Nice. But my top pick of all was the Sweet Event segment with Kat Soderstrom.
1: So tell me why the Sweet Event Take 5 with RBC was your top pick.
0: Well, it's my top pick because it really represents so much of what we have all tried to do over the past 20 months. Survive be kind, and maybe even lend a hand where needed. I actually met Kat um, initially online or virtually in September of 2020, after she'd had to make the pivot for her event planning and management business to curating and creating treat boxes. And since our first RBC Bank treat box in November of 2020, we've done three more programs through 2021 with Sweet Event, including our most recent holiday breakfast treat box, and each box has been filled with treats from, small, from Canadian small businesses. And, you know, for many of these businesses, these programs have represented really important orders for them in a tough, tough year. And we've been really delighted to see treat boxes shipped all across Canada and the U.S. as our clients were able to send them to friends and family. And now, just recently, with Sweet Event support, we were able to donate over 250 holiday breakfast treat boxes to a couple of worthy charities in the greater Toronto region to brighten up some family holidays. So all in, it feels pretty great.
1: What a great year we've had with these segments, Kathy. And I hope that I can encourage our listeners to go back and listen to them on our podcast. Thanks for joining me. And we can go to discover.rbcroyalbank.com for more information. Thanks. Great. Happy 2022 sex travel and money kind of the perfect trifecta for this week's show i can't wait to do a travel segment that talks about actually traveling we will get there speaking of traveling and if you are listening to this via podcast please take a trip down to the review section and give us a review and a comment that'll make this podcast that much easier for others to find thank you next week's episode we talk about some of the implications of not traveling to see our grandkids I chat with the creator of the long-distance grandparent website, Carrie Byrne, and get some advice on how to keep that relationship alive and fulfilling. Our Take 5 with RBC series delves into youthful cities. I'm not going to say too much about that now, but suffice it to say, it's not just for youth. You'll want to hear all about that. Speaking of youth, okay, she's 30. Does that still count? Anyway, my daughter, Tori Halpin, and mom of my two grandsons is joining me for the first time on the show. She's going to be talking about why her kids aren't allowed to watch TV until they're two years old. And how she got over five million views on an Instagram reel talking about that. Thanks for listening in today. I'm looking forward to next week's show already, and I hope you are too.
0: Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Buckworth. Or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com.